What is the number one factor that determines your success in business long-term? Well, it's also the thing that is within your control at all times, and that is the decisions that you make. The decisions that you make day in, day out. Now, let me ask you, what decisions are you currently making? Are you currently making decisions that lead to an empowered life? Results with your health, with your wealth, with your business, with your relationships? Or are you making the decisions that just consistently get the same results? We stay stuck time, time, time again. Well, that's the question. The challenge is most people place very little importance on the decisions they make day in, day out. And one thing I learned from Carolyn Mace is there are no small decisions. There is no insignificant decision because every single decision you make affects your life energetically, even if your mind can't see it. And that's why we have Jenny Rice here. In this interview, Jenny Rice is going to help you master this area of your life so you can start seeing high-level results in your wealth, in your, with your money, with your business, with your relationships. And you can start to see it long-term. So what you're going to learn here is, one, how to make empowering decisions. Two, how to navigate the challenging decisions in life. And we all know we have them. And three, how to set healthy habits so that these decisions can benefit you long-term. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Awaken Your Business podcast. My name's Tyson Sharp, and if it's also your mission to heighten consciousness, yes, you are a light worker. And it's in this podcast where you execute that heart's mission by integrating your spiritual and business growth. This is what I call stepping into the role of the heart-centered CEO. This is the version of you who knows the numbers, you know how to grow an audience, you know how to create more impact and more income, but every business strategy is done through the filter of love, compassion, consciousness, and contribution. So when you're ready, take a deep breath, and I'll see you on the inside. Hello once again to my online family. If you know Jenny Rice, you're pretty excited, as I am. Uh, this is a, I've, I've been waiting to have this for a while because you filled out the podcast form a very long time ago, and then I saw you on the calendar, and I was like, Oh my God, this is happening and I can't wait because I've been a big fan of yours uh, and your holistic earth, all the, all the things that you're doing is, is so cool. Um, but one thing I know and one thing we're just discussing is when we're running our business, when we're taking care of our lives and we've got so many things going on, it's very, very hard for us to be mindful of all the choices that we're making. One thing that I heard off Carolyn Mace is that there are no small decisions. There are no small choices because it's a ripple effect. Having one healthy thing, one healthy choice to, to pick up the carrot instead of the cake is can seem like a small decision, but there are no small decisions because that may lead to a ripple effect of you going, feeling more healthy, getting new ideas, and which leads to building new relationships, which leads to a whole new diet, exercise, health routine. Who the hell knows? where those quote unquote small decisions lie. So I'm, I'm, I can't wait to talk about making more empowering choices, helping people feel more empowered. And that ripple effect is going to have their finances, their business, their wealth, their health, everything like that. But first of all, Jenny, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I know I, when it showed up in my calendar as well, I was like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> we get to do this. 
<laughs> so I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, no worries. We might we might get you on uh, four or five episodes. We'll see. We'll see how we go. Um, before we dive into everything that you're doing, what's it like running your holistic earth? What's it like running that community, having the vision that you do? You know, obviously taking over um, from our friend that was yeah. uh, that. I got no idea what she's doing these days, but no doubt she's uh, she's doing really cool. But Deanne, she's she's amazing. Um, what's it like? What's it like running the running the community? You know, I would describe it as a labor of love. It's just one of those uh, blessings that you don't really realize that you're in it, and you wake up every single day. You kind of pinch yourself, and to be surrounded with incredible incredible like-minded people that really all they want to do is champion others and guide them to to a healthier way of being whether that's in their business or in their personal life or all all things right or in their self it's uh it's a an incredible honor there are moments where it's a little overwhelming it's a big it's a big mantle to stand on (laughs) you know um but it's just such a gift truthfully it uh Every single day, I'm excited to come to work. I'm excited to create. I've learned, though, that I I just want to keep giving more and doing more. And I'm sure you experience this as well, Tyson. There's just so many ideas that uh, I do have to edit. <laughs> Sometimes my team's like, not another one. Can we finish this project first? <laughs> You're like, no, scrap everything. We're doing these new five ideas. <laughs> exactly. So to answer your question truthfully, I would say it's a labor of love. I just feel so blessed every single day to be a part of it. That's awesome. Before we share a little bit how you got into all of that, I have your short bio here that I'll read out to give everyone a a general idea on what you do. Uh, But Jenny Rice is a mindset and accredited executive coach, international speaker, podcast host of of Winning With Wellness, which I've been on. Yes, you have. Author. Great episode. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, and obviously, the president of Your Holistic Earth, a global community advocating holistic wellness, connection, and professional collaboration. All in all, Jenny helps others get to greatness. And that's what we're all about, is getting to our potential, who and what we really are, and diving into all of that. Um, before we dive into these topics around redefining wellness, empowering choices that people can start making throughout their lives to really have that ripple effect. Why don't you give us a bit of a story on, you know, on, on you, how you got into doing what you do now with all of these passions and being obviously the president of your holistic earth. How did you get into all this? What's your story? Oh my goodness. Okay. So how long is the podcast? No, <laughs> 15 hours. We can be here all day long. The, um, you know, I think there's some pivotal moments in life for all of us as we, we move through and, you know, what brought me to where I am today, honestly, is just divine timing, I think is really when, when we think of, when we think of life and we think of where we end up, ultimately it's divine timing and choosing to step through the door when the door opens And so many of us stay, and I was one of those people at times in my life where, you know, and this is why I wouldn't have had your holistic earth, because 
it, I won this in a, in a contest. It wasn't one that was drawn out of a hat, you know, like you had to apply and there was a vetting process and, and all of these things to move through. But I actually wasn't going to apply for the contest because the door opened and I was like, oof, I'm a bit nervous to walk through that door. I don't think it's for me. I'm not the right fit. And then, you know, I woke up one day and was literally jolted out of bed and was like, oh my gosh, not only am I supposed to apply, I'm supposed to take over. This is what I'm supposed to do. And I've never, I've always had moments where I felt really profound in, in moving through ideas and making them happen. But this was like, an, I had no doubt that this was going to be the outcome, which is very interesting because I had no control over the outcome. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my decision if I was going to get to be the president. It was in the hands of Diane and her team. Uh, but I woke up and it was interesting the week before I told my husband that, you know, this is such a great thing that Deanne's doing. It's amazing. Whoever wins this is going to be great, but it's not for me. I'm not going to apply for it. And bless his heart. He just sat there in silence in his whole head. He's like, sure, this is totally for you. What are you doing? But you know, he's like, follow your path, do your thing. And um, so that's what led me actually to being in your holistic earth was stepping past that fear space. I'm not ashamed to say that there's like, am I good enough? Am I the right fit? Can I lead people to wellness? All of these things. And uh, when I, when I put the fear aside and stepped into that, it's been, I haven't looked back since, and it's been such a gift. And, um, you know, I think it's important that we share our moments where we're feeling vulnerable, because this is human nature, we always feel vulnerable when we're doing things that are outside our comfort zone, it doesn't matter how successful we are. And the problem is, is we have this vision due to social media, due to different media platforms, TV, all those kind of things that once you step into something, you are automatically the expert. It's like, you haven't even begun to learn yet. You don't even know where you're at. It's like, it's a very interesting thing. So thank you for asking that question, because I think it's important, especially for people listening. If you're going to try something, go for it. It's okay to not be the expert yet. You, you're going to build into who you need to be by do, taking that big leap, if that makes sense. Were, were they the mo- were they mostly the doubts that came up when? You, well, first of all, you had this calling. I think this is really important because this is what happens to everyone. It's like you have this calling that says, "Oh my God, what if I did this? Oh my God, this door's opening. What happens if I lead through?" And then, then the 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 fears and doubts kick in. Like you said, "Am I good enough? Yeah. Or is this is this really for me? Is this actually what I'm meant to be doing?" I love to pick apart that. Well, that's because that's obviously what we're we're talking about today in terms of empowering choices and those yeah. decisions, those decisions that we make. So first of all, what were the what were the main doubts? Was it mostly am I good enough or was it or was it something else? What what's what allowed you to have that initial resistance? I I actually my story is coming through uh, a lot of I carry a lot of um that I've worked on, I feel super blessed to have done the work. It's not easy. And I, you know, it can get messy sometimes, but through my whole childhood, I never felt smart enough. I never felt worthy enough. I, we didn't realize my twin and I are dyslexic. We didn't realize that until we were in like grade 11. So worked really hard my whole life to prove that I was smart enough. And because the work ethic was there, but the grade 
wasn't there. And that left these weird pockets of doubt in my life as I move forward. So what I've learned, which has taken time to figure out that that little story surfaces every time I level up. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where I'm at in the successes I've had in my careers and, and my pathways have been quite um, substantial. But every single time that's that dialogue, that internal conversation pops in. And what's been a gift is learning through, through, through work, looking at it, sitting in the uncomfortable is it's okay to acknowledge it. It's okay to see it, but am I going to let that be my driver? So what, what surfaced was, am I worthy? Who, who's going to listen to me? Why would someone, you know, I'm not super fit. I'm, I'm not unfit, but I, you know, am I who I think these people need to lead this company? And once I kind of acknowledged that I was self-sabotaging myself through those conversations, then I was able to step in and go, I'm actually the perfect fit for this because I'm on my own wellness journey Mm -hmm. and I'm authentically showing up as me showing the truth. Some days, all I eat is clean, healthy food on a weekend. I might have chocolate. (laughs) It's going to happen. You know, so it's, it's one of these places where realizing those stories will always come forward. I know they will every time, like we're doing something super fantastic. We're, we're developing something at your hold stick earth right now. That's going to be launching in September. And 90% of the time I'm like, this is going to be incredible. It's going to be a game changer for people. It's going to create ripple effect change, choice, all of these things. And then every once in a while, that internal like will show up. And I'm like, what if nobody really likes it? What if it doesn't work out? Like, and then I'm like, calm it down. The universe is guiding you. You're in the right place, but it, it, it surfaces. It doesn't matter how successful we are that, that always comes up. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it just provokes I just hope it shows light for anybody that's listening and understands that you're not alone when you feel vulnerable or not worthy or questioning if you're, if it feels like you think you want to step into it, do it. You can change your mind if it doesn't work out. Mm. Right. I would much rather fall. And, and this has taken years to develop. I will, I'm, I turned 50 this year. So I got a few years under my belt, but I would rather fall on my face trying than wondering what would have been. And that's, I wouldn't necessarily have said that in my twenties per se. I, I definitely, that has been a progression. I started to develop that strength and awareness in my thirties by the time I was 40. And, you know, I think too, we evolve and change, but I also know those questioning moments and those times that make me feel that maybe I'm not good enough. And it really makes me step into my resilience. And that's a key part. That's what's always kept me going is tapping into my internal strength. Those moments build me to who I need to be when I'm at that point. Mm -hmm. 
so this contest and this unaware this uncomfortableness and and questioning if I was good enough it was preparing me to step in as the leader of the organization and the company I was I wasn't necessarily ready a year ago but I'm now where I need to be because of working through that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, here's what, here's what I believe is exactly what you're explaining is we're all, we all have these doors that open Yeah. and as the doors open and as we're called to take that step into, you know, our, our, our doorway and our next chapter, I believe the insecurities are meant to come up. I believe the, whether they're resurfacing that are past, um, you know, past traumas, past insecurities, they always resurface when we're called to something more, called to something outside our comfort zone, when we're called to step through this doorway. I believe because they're meant to be looked at, they're meant to be seen and they're meant to be healed in order to go through the door. So like I said, you have, you know, Deanne's got this big competition. She's going to give away the business. And you have this calling that says, I should go for that. And while you, I think life's robbing you of something. If it's just like, I went for it, I got it. It was all great. And I didn't have to learn anything and I didn't have to grow at all. But I think it's just perfectly designed in what you're explaining here. Whereas the door opens and as I'm, a, as I'm being called to leap through, so am I being called to heal whatever is necessary so that I can take this leap and become the version of me who's capable of achieving what's on the other side, right? Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. You had to step through this uncomfortable period, but in doing so, you become the version of you who's capable of being the president of your holistic earth. And I would pose that question to the, everyone who's listening right now, who is being called through a doorway, who's being called to their next leap and recognize that the fears are coming up, the insecurities are coming up, not to hold you back, but because they're the very things that are needing to be seen, needing to be healed, right? Needing to needing those wounds to heal so that you can go on the other side. Is that the way you would describe it? A hundred percent. And you know, it's so interesting. We forget to... You know, there's some science behind this as well. Like our amygdala brain, which is kind of the smallest part of our brain, it has the most power because it really it it's the it's the area that manages our fight, flight, or freeze. And fear fear is stimulated by high levels of stress, right? So if we're nervous, it's literally like, oh, should I should I run? Should I fight? Or do I just stand here? <laughs> and when we acknowledge, like you say, when we acknowledge where the uncomfortable situation is or the surfacing of something from our past and healing that, we're giving our, our, our brain the opportunity to, to gentle, to calm down. And you can say to yourself, I appreciate the surfacing. I, I see it and I acknowledge it. You don't have to become the past. You don't have to sit back in there, but you can acknowledge it. And you can thank it for showing up because it's job. The thing that's so interesting about fear and, you know, all of that, it's job is really to keep us safe, which is kind of a good thing. And it's not, it, we want to acknowledge it and, 
and thank it for coming forward. But if we don't need it, we can send it on our way and we don't have to, um, you know, be angry at ourselves for being fearful. I used to get frustrated quite often when I was like, you can do this. Why are you freaking out? (laughs) And the bottom line is, is because I actually never acknowledged that those feelings were valid feelings. I never, and you know, to me, it was a trigger saying that I wasn't good enough when in reality, it's just, it's showing me that I care so much about what I'm about to do mm-hmm. that what can I do to, to bring my best? What, where do I, what do I need to look at again? Who do I need to grow into? So, yeah, I love what, what you're sharing with that Tyson. That's 100%. Awesome. What, what do you think? What do you think stopping most people from making those empowering choices? Because I think at some level, whether it's with our finances, our business, our marketing, our, our health, right? Whether we choose to eat something or exercise, we all know what we should be doing. We all know at some level, what is the empowering choice? So why do you think, what do you think it is that's stopping people from living that empowering life in the form of their decisions? What do you, what do you think that is? What have you seen? You know, I think it's like a two-part question. A lot of times we give away our power to other people or circumstance. So, you know, we get so, again, fear, you know, and overwhelm puts us in this state where we are literally in a, we kind of feel like we're in bondage almost like we have no choice. I, you know, I don't have time. We all have the ability to shift that out because when we're in a high state all the time, we're in that, what I would call a reactive mode. And when we're reactive, we do not have the capability our actually our brain function <laughs> literally goes primal we it impairs our ability to to make effective decisions it impairs our ability to be effective in our um, thought processing so when we can just stop for five seconds and i know that sounds very minimalistic but if you can just stop and breathe for literally one inhale in and out, it will actually change your state enough that you can choose to be more proactive in your response. And what's powerful about that, it seems so trivial and so small, but if you're spending your whole day in reaction mode, you are overwhelmed. How do you change your mindset? How do you, how do you shift from having, you know, no time to enough time? How do you, you know, How do you respond properly to your children or your loved one or your, you know, your parents? We tend to be snarly and (laughs) trust me, I know like it's, it puts us in a state of, so if we can dial it in and get really clear on how we're reacting, that can really change the game because the biggest, the biggest tool that we can use is our mindset. Our thoughts become things. It's the truth. If you're overwhelmed and you say you're overwhelmed, you are overwhelmed. There's no two ways about it. If you say you're having a bad day, you are literally having a bad day. It's that's literally our thoughts become a reality. So, and to tie all that in, 
get really clear on how your body feels in those states. So we talk a lot about our mind. We talk a lot about our physical, like, you know, what are we eating? Are we sleeping enough? All those kind of things. But we really forget to tap into how we're feeling when we choose or don't choose. That's the key. Many of us say that we're choosing, but we're actually not. And I'm going to invite people to become very clear on their why they're making their decisions. Why you make your decisions is really the moral compass or the cornerstone of every, every choice that we make. So if we're in a reactive state, and we're overwhelmed, we tend to forget the why, if that makes sense. So, and I'm talking not a surface why. I use the example, which, which is my own personal example, when I was seeking wellness physically you know diet all of those things and when I say diet I don't mean losing weight I mean you know food choices intake choices um, how often I was exercising at first when I was younger it was all about how I looked because I really you know that's kind of what I was conditioned to think through reading magazines as a young girl and watching tv shows and again I'm talking this was you know in the 80s <laughs> right so you know, well, fitness and wellness was all about how you looked. It wasn't about where I'm at now. Everything I do and choose around my wellness is about this deep seated goal of being really youthful as long as I possibly can. I could have a thousand wrinkles on my face. I don't care about that, but I want my heart to be so strong. I want to be the grandma that's like running around Disneyland with my grandkids. I want to be the grandma. Hopefully I get grandkids, but if not, I'll have other people's children to play with. I don't care, <laughs> but you know, like I want to live a really youthful, long life. My grandmother was 95 when she left us and that woman golfed every single day until her late eighties. She swam every single day until her, you know, late eighties as well. And she was strong you know, and that's my why for my physical piece and my wellness piece, if that makes sense. When it was just about how my butt looked in a pair of jeans, it, it was so easy to get off track when we're in choice, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to choose a chocolate bar. It tastes way better because really, am I ever going to fit in those jeans? Probably not. (laughs) So uh, again, you know, it's, It's being very aware of our state so that we can be responsive, being clear on what our mind is telling us, right? That's a powerful thing. And then remembering that we always have choice. Even when you feel like you don't, you actually do have a choice. You may not know how to get out of it. You may not know what the outcome is going to be on the other side, but you can always choose an alternative. Mm. always that's empowering and i I, it's sort of the number one thing that's always within our control in a world of things that are outside our control choosing how we our choices how we respond the way you know what we choose to believe what we choose to feel at times it's just it's always within our control and then we get to live the quality of life that we want from those empowering choices and from those decisions and what we, what we, what we, you know, what is at our fingertips. And 
so one, one question that comes to mind for me, I'm just personally curious, mm-hmm. is with all of these reminders, what do you feel when you have the chocolate on the weekends? Is it, know, is, it, is it an empowering decision? Is it something that you feel like, man, this is something that I, cho- I choose to do for, uh, you know, I, I, during the week I'm healthy or wh- what is that? I love, I love that you asked that because there majority of the time now it's a, a calculated decision. So I feel empowered in the decision because now it wasn't always like that. It wasn't always like that. And there's this shift when we move into habits, this is the thing, people think I'm crazy, but I always say habits equal freedom. <laughs> like, most people are like, what are you talking about, woman? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, seriously, habits equal freedom. So I really started conditioning myself to rewards for myself, be it chocolate or those kind of things, was strictly for, you know, and it shifts, it depends. Like if I'm on vacation, I eat and do whatever the heck I want. I'm on vacation. It's like zero guilt. And that's the beautiful thing. When you plan and strategically make a decision, how can you feel bad about it? Mm. You've thought about it. It's a calculated decision. When I'm impulsive and reactive, I definitely am like, oh, why did I do that? Because now (laughs) I know I got to get back into the habit. (laughs) But the key thing is, is, and I encourage anybody that's listening is if you are developing a habit that's healthy for you and you fall off your habit building wagon, be kind to yourself. It's okay. It's not a matter of if you're going to make the mistake or fall off it. You are. This is, we're human beings. This is like one of our most beautiful gifts. We're empowered with choice. So we are going to choose sometimes not to do the right things. It's just the way it works. It's just the way it works. So the key is, yeah. No, there you go. What was, what's the key? I was going to say one of the key things is, is acknowledging it so that you, you know, you see it for what it is. It's like, okay, I had a piece of cake on Monday. Doesn't mean all's going to hell. Just I had a piece of cake on Monday. I'm not going to have that cake again on Tuesday. You know, if my, if my, and I don't like calling them cheat days and people that do, please don't take offense. I don't mean it in a bad way. I'm not cheating myself. I'm making a decision to eat something or I'm making a decision to stay up late and watch a movie or I'm choosing right? I'm not cheating myself. I'm not lying to myself. I'm very aware of what I'm doing. <laughs> right? So sometimes it's the words that we use can make us feel words have feelings, words have energies. So when you think about those things, you're not a bad person because you, 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 you fell off your habit wagon. You know, you're not a bad person because you had a piece of cake. You're not a bad person because, you know, you maybe had one extra glass of wine, whatever that is for you. It's, it's acknowledging it like, okay, and how did it make you feel? That's the biggest thing. And does it lead me to my why? And if it doesn't lead you to your why, go, okay, time to get back on, <laughs> get on the horse. Let's go. <laughs> and, and here's why I ask. Well, first of all, it'd be awesome for everyone listening to just take a breath and remind themselves of their why that deep why of why is that I'm creating these habits and making these decisions in the first place. And 
is that does it feel motivating does it feel inspiring right like you said at some point it would have been inspiring for you to look good yeah but now absolutely. It's, now it's shifted now as you as you evolve and as you grow and as your you know your values change and all these different things now your wise change you're like man i just want to feel good i want to be healthy i want to know the insides of me are, uh, are doing well so that i can you know play with the grandkids when i'm 88 you know or whatever it might be and so your why changes. Um, the reason why I ask is because I'm very healthy. I, mm -hmm. I eat very, very little sugar, very little flour. Uh, I have once a week, I have chocolate. Nice. And I find myself on this, on this uh, debate and the cycle of do I eat too much or how much do I do or whatever. And it's, it's awesome what you said because in terms of how you feel, because when I make that calculate decision, I have this rule that says uh, you have to decide if you're going to have this cheat meal, treat meal, whatever you call it, it, to have at least 24 hours in advance. So you have to decide at least 24 hours in advance, which limits the, um, imp, you know, being impulsive and and giving in, giving into cravings, for example. But when I have that, when I have chocolate once a week. Uh, I need to really remind myself. I'm like, you're doing this for you're doing this because you know it's a treat. You're here to you're here to ha be healthy, but you're also here to enjoy the yes. the pleasures of life. You're also here to enjoy it. And one of my health coaches actually said, "Hey, you want to eat?" Um, she gave the 80 20 rule: 80 percent healthy, 20 percent whatever you want. Because she said sometimes the reason is a lot of people the stress of not having something sometimes mm -hmm. is even more detrimental to the body than actually eating the food. Now, I don't know how true that is and I don't know how effective it is for everyone, but it's just a subtle reminder that sometimes we're here to eat something and even if it's sugar, we're meant to enjoy it. Obviously, overindulging right. is something that we can limit, but you know, we're also here to limit that in terms of the feeling guilty and you know, thinking that we're a horrible person, we're probably going to die because of it. <laughs> and really, who wants to live like that, right? Like, oh my gosh, you know, and this is the thing, calculate the decision. I just got back from being on vacation. I was like, I'm eating whatever the heck I want. And it's so interesting because when you give yourself permission to break your own rules, it's not nearly as... Um, like, I don't feel the need to go crazy, if that makes sense. It's like, ooh, I got a free pass. I'm going to have 16 desserts and 15 cakes and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like, okay, I can just enjoy it. I can just eat it and enjoy it and, and love the experience of it, but not feel. And I would love to, like, address this. This can be related to work. Like maybe you're, you're, you know, obsessed with being on your emails all the time and it brings you a, a, you know, some type of joy and it's, but it's also harming you because you're never getting your work done. It's the same kind of thing. Put some time frames, put some parameters around that. This conversation can equate to any area of your life. Maybe you watch too much TV. You know, we, we all have, if we, if we sleep eight hours a day and we work five days a week for eight hours a day, we all have 72 hours a week to do something with 72 hours in a week to do whatever we want outside of those two things that are kind of important work and sleep. 
So when we say none of us have enough time, really? We have 72 hours in a week. We're just not maybe using our time as wisely <laughs> as we could, right? I'm just as guilty. You know, we're, we all have our moments. So it's just becoming super aware again of what are we consuming? And it's not just what we put in our mouths. What are we putting on our skin? What are we watching? What are we reading? Who are we spending time with? You know, all of this is a powerful thing. It's a choice, which is so interesting. You know, how many times do we get together? And I wish people could show with a share of hands. Obviously, we can't see you. So just put your hand up if you're in your, you know, in your car or on a run, right? But how many of us have said, like, why am I doing this with this person? Hmm. Why am I working with this person? Why am I buying this shirt from this person? Or, or why am I buying this shirt? It's so interesting. We're always questioning, but we're doing it because we feel this weird obligation somewhere. Choice. You have the choice. You don't have to do it. Mm. You have to be kind. I say this to my daughters all the time. You don't have to be everybody's friend, but you need to be kind. You can be gracious in your exit. You can be gracious in your no. You can be gracious in your strength and stance. You don't have to bend to people's will to, to honor them. You can honor them and still say no. Mm. Well, what advice would you have for some of that? Because I love what you're saying here. When, when you were describing it, I got a really good sense that everything's sort of coming together here in terms of a, a wellness lifestyle. Not only what you're ingesting, but also what you're putting on your skin, also what you're putting through your, your communication and your, you know, what you're watching, what you're reading, who you're spending time with. And then you get a sense of, okay, how, what's this overall wellness that I'm experiencing and what are the choices I can make because of that? If I've got these 72 hours, which is mind blowing, I was like, geez, <laughs> you have that. My question would be in making some of those decisions, it'll, it can be really, really tough where someone's like, well, to make this decision, I'm going to have to say no to this person. I'm going to have to let them down. I'm going to have to change this thing that I've been doing for the last 20 years. What, what advice would you give to someone that has all of this resistance to making a more empowering, empowering choice and you know, doing it in a way that feels good? And I would, this is what I would share with anybody, whether you're seasoned at change or you know, seasoned at choice or not, pick something small. Pick one thing that you would love to see shift in your life, whatever that is, and start small, consumable action steps and keep doing it and doing it until it becomes a habit. And so I'm going to use brushing your teeth, for example. I, I don't know anyone pretty much that is in my circle of life that doesn't brush your teeth without thinking about it. It's just a thing that they do at least twice a day. They're brushing their teeth morning and night. When they were children, it wasn't a habit, right? Now it's just a part of life. There's no energy, effort, motivation needed to brush your teeth. You get up, you brush your teeth. So when you're creating a change and you want to build a habit into your life, start with one thing, start implementing it small, bite-sized pieces till it becomes something you don't really think about doing because it's natural. So maybe, maybe it's for those of you that can't see, I just picked up my water bottle 
Maybe it's drinking your water every single day. We, what we don't realize in health and in life, we wake up already in a place of scarcity because generally speaking, we wake up and we are dehydrated. To feel nursed and full, we need water in our lives. The best thing you can do for your body and to start your day is to drink water. So start the habit. Maybe it's something that simple as you have a glass sitting on the sink or wherever you are, your water bottle, and you don't put your, put your clothes on, you don't do anything. A lot of people like to brush your teeth before they drink water. I totally get it. That's kind of my, my thing as well. Um, but have that glass of water before you do, have a glass of water before you have your coffee. It'll change the game, I'm telling you, because you're, you're fueling and replenishing your body. Something that simple shows your body that you love it and you care for it. And it's only water, <laughs> right? So little tangible steps and then build on it when it becomes not a thought. If that makes sense, it's I can just... speak to that definitely. Because when you, yeah. when I, I've, well, I joined a health, a health program, and it was it was so good. And one of the things we, I had like twelve to fifteen different health uh, practices throughout the day. So I'd, I'd wow. wake up, I'd have a, a glass, uh, like a bottle of water, then I'd have sea salt. And then uh, lemon, but I'd also do uh, tongue scraping, oil pulling. I'd have a cold shower. I've got um, a little foot massage thing that I that I use. I do alignment stuff, stretching stuff, uh, earthing and grounding outside and getting sun. There's so many different things that I do that at the start I was like, "How am I going to do all of that?" But you, right? implement, you implement something small. And small and one week after the other week after the other week. And now it's just part of my routine to just wake up. I'll, I'll hydrate my body. I'll do all of my tongue scraping, oil pulling, cold shower, all of this stuff, all in order. And I, it's, it's now a habit. And it, like you said, it doesn't take any motivation. doesn't take any thought. It's just part of my routine now. And so that's what you're suggesting here is just make small little decisions small little actions that you can implement in your life that that you build on right yeah and i would encourage you to actually look at a habit that you have right now that maybe how how you get to it is so i'm just going to give a really quick example before i changed my diet and really stepped into my wellness pathway when i would come home from work and i was super stressed out the first thing i would do is put the key in the door and i'm like oh i want a glass of red wine and I am anybody that's doing that, there is no judgment here, but this was, this was my pathway. I would come in, I'd get home. The first thing I want to do was have a glass of red wine. I'd pour my glass of red wine I'd sit down, have my wine and make dinner. But what I was realizing is that started to become a habit. Now, what I came to the, 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 the cue was putting my key in the door Walking through the door, I was like, I need to decompress. This is what I need is I want to calm. The wine was the gateway to sitting down. So the habit was serving me, but what I was doing wasn't. Mm. So as I took alcohol out of my diet, I realized I would put the key in the door. I would open the door. You know what I started saying to myself? I really want a cup of beautiful, hot herbal tea. 
I would go upstairs, I would make my cup of tea, I would sit down, have my tea, I would get the reward of the calm and the relax. So you might have a habit right now that you are, are is in your life that you could replace that one key thing to go from a habit that's not serving you to a habit that rewards you. And what you were saying, Tyson, too, about like creating the habit, habits equal freedom. Remember I was saying that earlier? No motivation when it's a habit. You know how much energy and effort it takes? Again, like you were, we were talking about, you know, trying to avoid cravings and all that's so much energy. When you can move into a practice and it's a habit, literally you just do it. You put your shoes on, you tie your laces. You don't even think twice about it. You get up, you put your underwear on before you put your pants on. It's just the way it works, nice right? <laughs> yeah, depends on the day, of course. <laughs> but, you know, like ultimately we do so many habits we don't even know. So habits can equal freedom and you can take habits that aren't serving you and shift them because the routine is there. So you don't have to do all the work. You just got to tweak it, tweak it a little bit. So it serves you in a, in a more positive way. Mm. That's yeah. so cool. And, then, yeah, <laughs> exactly. and, and no doubt everyone listening is get, getting at least two or three habits that they know at some level is going to be empowering to shift. And so taking on board those small little action steps, tapping into your why really understanding, okay, this is, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing and doing it in a way that is easy on your system that makes it long-term, that makes it sustainable rather than just going on a diet for, you know, three days and then going back to those habits. One of the things that, you know, is it's pretty consistent in my family um, to go on, to go on a, a health kick of some sort and then uh, my mum, for example, will do it for two weeks and then she'll eat something she wasn't meant to and be like, oh, I, I failed. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, you just like, think about the benefits you did for your body. Yes. Think about the benefits you did for your body for the whole two weeks. You got rid of these foods. You started eating these instead. You started drinking more water. You started doing more exercise. And because you did this one thing, you're going to act like the whole thing was for a waste of time and that you didn't uh, do the right thing. Whereas I think the reminder is what you said before, when you do something, you give into a craving or you do something that was quote unquote off schedule or whatever it is, that's part of the journey. It's part about being human. It's part about going on the path and to, to realize that and to realize my intent is to have this sustainable long-term health benefit and healthy choices and empowering choices, not to get it perfect you allow yourself to avoid that roadblock of saying, oh, it was, you know, it was pretty crap and I, I failed. So I might as well go back to what I was doing. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's so powerful. We forget this perfection is completely unobtainable. Mm. Perfection is unobtainable. Did everybody hear that? <laughs> perfection is unobtainable. And I wish, I wish I had known that as a young girl right? I wish I'd known that in my younger years. You can strive for a standard of excellence, but your excellence can only be an ex you can only be at your excellence if you're at your optimum. So your standard of excellence, if you, let's say you're waking up and you're not feeling well, 
your performance will only be at that excellence that you can handle at that moment. That doesn't mean you're not good at what you do. It doesn't mean you're a failure in things. It's, it's really becoming aware and honoring yourself. You know, we, we are dynamic creatures. We will always push the envelope. We will always drop off. I mean, come on, summer vacation, let's be real. How hard is it to stay in routine on summer vacation? It's not easy. (laughs) So acknowledging, I love that you talk to your mom, like, you know, mom, seriously, if you think about if she does two weeks, has a bad day, two weeks, a bad day, two weeks, she's got (laughs) six weeks of amazing goodness. And then three days of bad, bad, quote unquote, behavior, like, Seriously, they definitely outweigh each other. (laughs) So I love that you bring that up because this all or nothing thing isn't human. It's not human. It's not reality. It's, um, you know, when we, I mean, I've been afflicted with it too. We're, We're all just creatures of, you know, this crazy life and, um, when we can be kinder to ourselves, and I think that's the the really the most important piece around all of this, we have to be kinder to ourselves when we don't meet up to our own expectations. You know, we we need to give ourselves the same grace we would give to our own children or maybe give to a stranger. I mean, honestly. I I encourage people to listen to their own internal dialogue. Would you say that to your parents? Would you say that to your best friend? You know, chances are you, you wouldn't. So, you know, thoughts become things when we're toxic to ourselves, we're, we're just reinforcing that. um, and, And, and that's a vital piece of wellness and being well is being okay with not being perfect because it's unattainable. <laughs> you can't, we can't be perfect. Nothing and nothing is perfect. I mean, even if you take our faces and, and cut them in half and put our exact face on the opposite side, like if you take your right side of your face and put it on the left side of your face, I know that sounds, I'm not talking horror movie stuff here. I'm just <laughs> like with a computer imagery, you legitimately don't match up. We are not perfect. It just doesn't work that way. We are we are blessed with uniqueness and yeah, stand 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 in the uncomfortable. It's okay. <laughs> I always I always go for the progress over perfection. Oh, if amen. you can make if you can make progress, and and that's your that's your goal. Your goal is to progress, not for perfection. It offers a lot more freedom while still feeling empowered because you're not, you don't have this crazy standard that you'll never meet, but you're obviously just improving from where where you've been. And it's a good reminder because I can talk about, I can talk to my mom that way and say, Hey, be easy and kind on yourself. But what about me when I have quite a too much chocolate and I'm like, Oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. Then I'll go to bed. I'll be like, (laughs) you are an idiot. How dare you do this to yourself? How dare you do this and be the biggest hypocrite on the planet? And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to go without chocolate for 10 years just to make up for this. And then I, then I wake up the next morning. I'm like, and, 
<laughs> relax, just relax. You don't have to do this to yourself. No, so it's a, it's a great reminder. Well, and I honestly, part of, part of what my biggest awareness is, is I need to show my truth in all of this because what I've learned in my own journey is people only see the surface. So I need to tell people when I, when I fall off my own pedestal, mm. especially being the leader of this incredible community of wellness, because if I show people that it's okay to, to falter and get back up, it's okay. But I can't pretend I'm perfect all the time because again, perfection is unobtainable. So it's been a very interesting journey in my own vulnerability and, and just owning it and standing in the uncomfortable of it. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. I, I, I don't want to show always the wounds, right? I don't want to show that oh, I ate M&Ms last weekend, <laughs> right? Or maybe I didn't go for my walk yesterday or you know whatever that looks like. But again, it doesn't necessarily make me a hypocrite because of my movement, the movement I'm trying to create because we are all in a different space and in a different journey. And I actually am hoping that people will see that my journey as up and down as it is, that there's more up than down. And if they can see some inspiration in that and find their own wellness, that then it's been all worth it. You know, it's, it's interesting when, when you're in this um, place of view, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's a very interesting people permission to to recognize within themselves that this isn't uh this isn't a a journey of perfectionism. And they can see they find inspiration in that vulnerability and in that honesty and in that openness of this is what I this is what I intended to do, this is what I did, and this is what I learned. This is how I'm this is how I'm moving forward, this is how I'm progressing. And it gives them just the ability to breathe and just to relax and say, oh, that's right. I'm here to, I'm here to enjoy life. I'm here to be in a space of service. I'm here, to, I'm here to grow. I'm here to learn. I'm not here to get things perfect, but I'm here to just make the empowering choices that, I'm, that I feel called to make. And I just do that to the best of my ability at the time. And if, that's the, if, if I fall off the wagon, great. If I stay on the wagon, I feel empowered and I make these choices and that leads to a ripple effect of all this other stuff, then that's great as well. Um, so that's cool. I, I, in, in wrapping this up, I'd love to ask, what is your definition of wellness? How does someone know when they're living their, their truth of what a, a, a well life looks like? You know, I, I thank you for asking that because again, everybody's journey is going to be different and I'll, I'll share it from my perspective for me, it was when I became in tune with, with honoring all parts of me, my mind, my body, and my soul, like all pieces. So doing the things and implementing things in my life that honored all parts of that, because I came from a background of, you know, I was either sick or I was healthy. And, you know, we've shared this in different conversations sick or healthy from my life meant, you know, you, you were either fine or you needed to potentially to go to the doctor or maybe you were sick and couldn't go to school, that kind of thing. But you never, we never talked about that area of where we lived when we were in high stress. That's not healthy. That's the gray area. You know, we never talked about, I had constant chronic stomach aches. 
that the doctor said that was a result of being a, a girl. Okay. That doesn't even make sense now that I'm an adult. I'm like, what the heck is that? But anyway, you know, like there was just this really big epiphany that it, I needed to redefine what wellness meant for me. And it's so much more than needing to be at the doctor or feeling quote unquote fine. And I invite anybody that's listening to really dig in and find out what wellness means for you. For me, it means agility, mobility. It means slowing down long enough to listen. I know Tyson, you and I've talked, I'm on this journey of trying to like step in. I keep stepping in and stepping out. That's the truth here. I, you know, I'm sharing it too. You know, the sitting in silence thing I'm struggling with. Um, so, you know, that's what redefining wellness means for me. And I invite everybody to, to kind of look at what that looks like for them. And again, don't be overwhelmed by the whole, okay? Maybe you just want to really focus on your mind and getting quiet or trying yoga and doing your mind and your body at the same time. Again, one bite-sized piece. You don't have to do everything all at once and, and step into it. And become courageous to be an investigator. I just want to tap into this last thing as we close out. If you step in as a life learner, you never, ever make mistakes because every single mistake you make is a discovery and it's a way to learn and grow. And when we can shift from being in that state of that fixed negative kind of, you know, mindset that holds us hostage because we're not perfect or doing it right or you know those kind of things and we can grow into that growth mindset of being an investigator and excited about learning and actually I kind of get excited now about making mistakes it's so funny the poor team that I've inherited they're amazing at your holistic earth we have the coolest team but I'm like hey let's try this if it sucks don't worry we'll change it they're all like what let's find out what doesn't work and we can always change it so they're they're stepping into the chaos with me which is great because I literally you know no maybe it's a crazy business model but I love trying it if it doesn't work why let's change it and life can be like that so mm -hmm. I just invite people to um to take on that curious stance I think it's a really powerful place when we come to to an overall wellness yeah, well done. It's it's sort of like a a great reminder that there is no right or wrong way to describe something, or you know, just because other people are doing have certain things in their focus doesn't necessarily mean you need to. Just what are you called to? Ask yourself about your mind, body, and spirit. What what aspect am I might be lacking that I feel called to improve just slightly, just even a little bit? Have those little healthy habits that I can that I can implement and make it sustainable and feel empowered along the way and give yourself permission to make mistakes and um each 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 little decision will be a big decision in the long term and i think mm -hmm. that's the uh a great reminder so where can people find out more about you more about your holistic earth how can they jump on board and be part of this community oh my gosh it's such a beautiful community all you've got to do is check out our website. It's www.yourholisticearth.ca. And actually, you guys can always email me or find me on social media and all that stuff. But my email is jenny at yourholisticearth.ca. So don't hesitate. 
come in, the, the resources that we have to support your mind, body, and spirit are all there. It's everything that you need. So we have amazing people that want to help champion and support you through that. Awesome. Beautiful. What, what do you have in terms of uh, last minute advice, tips, questions people ask themselves? What do you think you can uh, end with to make this conversation feel complete? You know, I think if I was going to end with one thing is to remind everybody that's listening to know that you're not alone, that we are all here. We're all going through the same journey and take the risk. You are worth the risk. Make the choice that serves you and, and be excited to make the discovery on where it takes you. Awesome. I think that's inspiring enough. Thank you so much for being here, Jenny. That was awesome. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I just love spending time with you. So thanks so much, Tyson. Likewise, my pleasure. Talk soon, Kay. You betcha. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Business podcast. If you're a heart-centered business owner, you know that selling, marketing, and business strategy can bring up a lot of fear, doubt, and scarcity. And this is why I created the community on Facebook called The Serving Circle. It's in here where you get to grow your business as a byproduct of asking the question, how may I serve? It's on our weekly Zoom collaborative calls where you get to serve by meeting like-minded people and organizing collaborations, service exchanges, and partnerships. So together we can heighten consciousness through business success. So just search The Serving Circle in your Facebook groups and you'll see that you're just one heartfelt collaboration away from reaching your biggest business goal. Take care now.